0: It's time for the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are
1: your hosts, Agent ETA.
2: Agent Ether.
1: And Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out all of our other stuff. Links in the description. Look for Linktree. Everything's there. This week's episode, The Lubbock Lights. This is a good one, guys. I like I've been wanting to do this one for a while, but just haven't gotten around to it for whatever reason.
2: I love these historical cases.
1: Yeah. And this one, by the way, was voted on by our Patreon members who decided on this one and did not decide on whatever the other choice was. I, I forget what it was now, but...
2: Was it the ice cat?
1: <laughs> no, it was not the the Yule cat from Iceland. <laughs> Somebody on Discord <laughs> wanted <laughs> us to do the Yule cat from Iceland. So I put that on one of the previous votes and like nobody voted for it. I'm like, oh, I kind of wanted to do that one. <laughs> All right. But anyways, yeah. So this is a real classic sighting. Uh, and Unusually, most of these we don't have any photographic evidence for, but in this case, we actually have five photographs, some of which are pretty good
2: and easy yeah, to find. Yeah, they
1: are. Yeah, super easy to find. Yeah. What
0: was it shot on like a 38 millimeter camera, right? 35.
2: Like one of those Kodaks yeah. or something. It's yeah, old yeah, school. Yeah.
0: yeah, but it still takes good pictures, though. And these pictures are pretty, uh, Pretty decent, I would have to say, you know, I mean, it's not like you can see great detail and stuff, but they are good pictures and you can see like the formation and we'll describe that later. But yeah, it's a, it's a, well, I'll just allude to some of the explanations. I don't, it doesn't line up with some of the explanations, you know, that no. like the Air Force came up with it
1: and what have you. And you <laughs> not know, at a, all.
0: You're like, what, what? <laughs> I, yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> we'll get into that. We'll talk about the photographs and all that stuff in a little bit, but let's, give some basics of the case. What are we talking about here that they have photographs of? So we're talking about a case that happened in August and September, 1951, and there are some similar sightings before and after those months, um, up through November by some accounts, but the main event happened August and September. Now, for these months, just out of curiosity, I looked, and Project Blue Book has on Fold 3, anyways, there are 166 records for August and 425 for September. So things were heating up in September. Wow. Now, there were plenty of months that had way more than that, but it's more than some of the surrounding months, that's for sure. That's a decent number of cases. So it's this, a lot. Yeah. This we're talking about is Lubbock, Texas. And that's sort of like in the north, uh, cent- central north part-ish of Texas, I guess um it's i mean texas is so big it's kind of hard to describe where it is but it's in sort of the northern part of texas it's
2: supposed to be pretty big i don't know how big it was back in the 50s but now it's pretty populous
1: yeah Mm -hmm.
2: but they don't have like i looked for a museum i looked for parades celebration they don't have anything i didn't see anything i was really disappointed (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the, the only one celebration that I've seen is from a, a Texas tech university. They have like a music festival
1: every year. That's called like uh the Lubbock lights. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. All right. So the sighting made national and even international news, particularly when the photos came out, those hit the press as hard newspapers, magazines. It was kind of a phenomenon back then. Like people were pretty excited about it. All right, so the first sighting, of the of, that's generally the first sighting, not necessarily the first one you can find, but the first one that is associated with the Lubbock Lights event was by three college professors from Texas Technological College uh, on August 25th, 1951 at 9 p.m. The three guys were A. G. Oberg, a chemical engineer, W. L. Ducker, a petroleum engineer, and W. I. Robinson, a geologist. They were sitting in a backyard of one of their houses when they saw a formation of 20 to 30 lights as bright as stars, but larger in size in a V formation or crescent shape fly overhead silently. They went horizon to horizon in a few seconds. So that's pretty crazy, right? (laughs) They were, they were moving. They were moving fast, whatever it was. Yeah. They were cooking. The professors discussed certain possibilities after it went overhead, like maybe it was meteors or something. And we're talking about people who would have been familiar with meteors and how fast they moved. Mete- meteors move very, very fast, like two hundred fifty thousand miles an hour or something. You know, when they're up in the higher atmosphere, and they burn up. So these guys know what they're talking about. So if they're discussing that they're meteors, we're talking about objects that went very fast. Um, as yeah, they were and just-
0: meteors. Meteors also don't move in, in formations either.
1: No, no they don't. <laughs> <laughs> At least not that I've ever seen. As far seen. as I know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they leave streaks. They're not just dots, but. Yeah. 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 But I mean, they didn't know what it was. They were just sort of like, all right, well, this could be anything. What is it? You know? So as they were discussing the possibilities and uh, they were still standing in the yard, another group of lights flew overhead Now, the second time they were a little more prepared for it. It didn't take them by surprise as much. And they estimated that the lights moved through about 30 degrees in one second. So 30 arc degrees or whatever. So 30 degrees of the sky, Um, which if you, you know, if you think about uh, the square, like the, the corner of a square is 90 degrees, half of that would be, you know, if you draw a line bisecting that, that would be 45 degrees. And then a little bit less than that is 30 degrees. So imagine that in the sky going past that much sky in one second. That's a lot. (laughs) So these Mm -hmm. things, these things were cooking. They reported the sighting to the local newspaper, the the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. (laughs) That's a strange name for a newspaper. I kind of enjoyed that. Um, Mm -hmm. And they also checked with the Air Force. The Air Force said that they didn't have anything in the area. That doesn't necessarily mean anything because if a civilian calls up the Air Force and is like, hey, where's your jets at? The Air Force is going to be like, uh uh-uh, we're not telling, you know, we don't have any yeah, jets, what well, are you talking and, about?
0: And, and depending on, you know, who, who they talk to, they might just get like a, you know, a, a roundabout answer like that. That's just like a, you know, like, oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about, nothing, you know. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe it's just because they're, I mean, it could be because they're covering up something, but it could also be because they just don't want to talk to them. Like there was like, I don't want to deal with this.
1: Now yeah. we had nothing there, you know? I mean, how easy would it be if you're like uh if you're like a Russian operative and you just call up an air force base and go, Hey, where are you guys' planes at? And they're like, Oh, okay. We got this on the runway and that. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Well, gonna, hey, <laughs> let me tell you everything we're doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, there were other witnesses that night. Who said that they saw things like peculiar flashing lights moving around. And so that was the first event. And it's notable because you this is not just some person, some random person out in the middle of nowhere on their farm by themselves. We had three witnesses who are scientists. And, you know, if if you've ever heard scientists talk about UFOs, they're not buying it. <laughs> you know, they're generally not into Typically, it. Typically, yeah. Most scientists are like, what? Nah, that's not real kind of a thing. But these people saw it well, and they're, yeah. they're like, I don't know what that is, you know?
0: Yeah, and th- that's kind of the crazy thing about it is like, they, you know, they, they saw the first uh, sighting and then I'm sure like, you know, I, I would have I loved to be a fly on the wall for that conversation, you know what I mean? And then also while they saw the second sighting, you know, you're like they're they're already talking about, it and they see it again. They're like, "Well, shit." Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, and then, you know, uh, the the status that they had also makes them, in my opinion, a more credible witness as well. You know, because you would think that their their thought process is going
1: to be more uh, analytical. You know what I mean? Right. Now that well, I
2: think about it, I wonder how they knew each other.
1: They all worked at the same school.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Because he he was a petroleum engineer. One of them was a petroleum engineer.
1: Yeah, but I, he, yeah, he probably uh, taught classes for petroleum engineering, you know. Yeah, so you had a chemical engineer, a
0: petroleum engineer, and then also a geologist, you know. Yeah. So th- those are those are three potentially very different perspectives, but also people that are very knowledgeable as well. So, yeah,
1: I mean, that's the, the, those are damn good freaking witnesses right there. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a little break here. But yeah, particularly scientists too, they have like a reputation. It's a pretty small world for a lot of the academic sciences. They got to go to conferences and stuff. They have reputations. A lot of them, even if they saw something, they wouldn't want to go on record because you'd be ridiculed. You'd be treated like a crackpot and you might lose your professional reputation. Which you know, yeah, and
0: I actually I actually kind of have a you know a, well an opinion about this. Like I think th- the reason why they went on record in particular was because all three of them saw it at the same time. They couldn't you know deny what they saw. All three of them right. were like, "What the hell was that?" Kind of you know, like, like yeah. we definitely saw that. Whatever that was, we saw it. You
1: know. Yeah, and yeah, and they weren't speculating. They didn't say it was this or that. They just reported exactly what they saw, how they saw it. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and also they, I remember uh, uh, reading that they you know they had an opinion that uh, whatever it was that they did see, uh, they they you know had a little bit of a, a inclination that it's a flying craft of some sort. So they believed it was it was pretty high up in altitude because they couldn't hear any sound from it. So yeah. that's one that's one of the reasons why they thought it was it was pretty high up in altitude because it, if it was a flying craft, you should be able to hear something from it. If especially how many like uh, objects they saw at the same time, you know, and then the flying yeah. formation.
1: Well, so I yeah, I mean, that's this. I don't know if it was this particular one, but one of the sightings, maybe I'll get to in a bit, but one of the, I think, it, I thought it was this one, but there was like a cloud layer and the witnesses saw the objects go above the clouds and the the clouds, they looked up later with the cloud layer was like at 2000 feet. So that gives us a good altitude and he used that mm-hmm. to estimate the speed. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I, had, I had took notes on that. So we'll get to that in a minute. But so the next event was on August 30th when a freshman at Texas Tech named Carl Hart observed 18 to 20 lights in a V formation flying overhead. And he thought to himself, I, at least this is how I imagine it went, he thought to himself, well, that's not normal. <laughs> Let me go get my camera yeah. in case that happens again. Yeah. Well, that, that <laughs> ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> so he went, he grabbed his 35 millimeter Kodak and went to his backyard and just kind of hung out to see if he could see them again. He saw two more groups that night and was able to to get five total pictures. He went. He took those pictures to the newspaper because at this point, um, I'm I don't know the exact dates of the articles. I should have looked that up, but I imagine at this point there was probably already an article in the paper because the professors reported it, and it was probably like a local thing. A lot of people had seen it by this point, and I'm sure the community, yeah. like everybody, was on edge, kind of looking for these things. So yeah, he was, yeah. he was probably surprised to see them. You know, it's like, if somebody says, Hey, I saw a Bigfoot in my backyard. And you're like, bullshit. Then you're like, you know, at night, you're kind of like, I'm just going to peek out my window just in case. And you s- actually see it there. You, you'd be like, what? That's crazy, man. You mm-hmm. know? So, <laughs> so he got his yeah, camera. Actually, it's. it's- it's yeah. kind
0: of funny, too, because I, I read a quote from um, the uh, the editor, Jay Harris, of the uh, Lobo, Lobo Avalanche Journal, and, um, like, when he uh, had received these photos, he actually told him that, like, if these aren't real, uh, I will, quote, unquote, run him out of town. Yeah. <laughs> because, and, and, like, that kind of speaks to, like, uh, you know, how popular that was in that moment, that, that sort because they were like... You know, when when Hart gave him the, those photos, or he came forward with those photos, it, it had already been something that was a uh, very uh, you know popular in the area at the time. You know, that had just happened, yeah. and so like he, the guy was just like, you know, these aren't real. Damn it, <laughs> run you out <laughs> of town, you know? Because obviously they were eager to get like a, a you know to
1: some um,
0: evidence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well,
1: and they also paid him for it. I I found they paid him ten dollars. Ten dollars. Yeah. yeah. Which back then, that was probably like a million dollars. I don't know. <laughs> a
2: million. Yeah, yeah Maybe <laughs> not <like that>. quite.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, 500,000. Whatever. Close enough. <laughs> so uh, the photos were actually eventually sent to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Yeah, gabity-gabity. <laughs> the photos were eventually sent to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base and analyzed. And you can actually find this analysis in the Project Blue Book files, which... Um, that, that file is is pretty, I think it's like over a hundred pages. I'll probably go over it in detail on, for like a bonus episode on Patreon, but it's just too much to go over right now for, you know, for our purposes. So the pub, the public conclusion, what they told the public was the photos were never proven to be a hoax, but neither were they proven to be genuine. And that's a quote from a uh, the head of project blue book at mm-hmm. the time. So he's saying, well, we can't prove that they're fake, <laughs> you know? But we can't prove we, we try to real either. Yeah, <laughs> we tried our best to make sure that they're yeah. And by I think what he means by proven to be genuine is that they're actually a UFO. Yeah. So on yeah and, and yeah and sometimes sometimes that's like one of
0: those explanations that like the kind of explanation you're going to get from the government when you when you have like a photo or any kind of evidence if if they don't come out and straightforward say it's fake then. To me, that's kind of compelling because, you know, like,
1: otherwise I think they would if it was like obviously fake, you know what I mean? Right. Well, and we've talked about it before, but RuPaul was probably the only head of Project Blue Book that was doing some sort of investigative activity. Like he actually was trying to, he, he played the middle. He never came out and yeah. said, yes, these are, you know, flying saucers from another planet outside of our solar system. But on the other hand, he never really came out and said that this is all nonsense either, you know? So, no, he- Didn't he make, write up, a book? make up and believe.
2: Didn't he write a book later on? Yes. After he quit? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Because I think I remember reading that he claims in his book it was a natural phenomenon, but he can't disclose- Right. What the explanation is because of-
1: Yeah. Confidentiality. I have, I have that quote a little further yeah. down on okay. my notes. But yeah, that book, um, The Report on Unidentified Flying Objects, guess what? I read it for this podcast. So if you want to hear the book in its entirety, I have different chapters. You can go back and check it out, including the chapter where he talks about the Lubbock Lights. So you get to hear the um, experience or investigation from his perspective. All right. So the next thing I have is on September 5th, the first three witnesses and a couple of other witnesses like uh, Richard Heinemann a math professor, and uh, another professor, Grayson Mead, they were in the front yard while the lights flew overhead again. They appeared to be the size of dinner plates and were greenish blue. They were slightly fluorescent and smaller than the full moon at the horizon. They saw about 12 to 15 lights. They reported that the lights were completely circular. And here's a quote. It says, uh, one of them said, um, it gave all of us an extremely eerie feeling. Mead said that they could not be birds. They went over so fast that we wished we had a better look at them. And one of the professors saw the flying, saw the lights. Okay, this is the one. He saw them flying above a cloud at 2,000 feet because he, I think he looked it up later. He could tell, you know, how high it was because it was above the clouds. And he calculated an approximate speed of 600 miles an hour. Now there are some birds that fly 600 miles an hour. No, just kidding. There aren't. <laughs> I
0: was, was going to say what? Yeah.
1: what? What birds are you talking about, sir? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> no, that's like the speed of sound, give or take. You know, I forgot the exact number of the speed of sound. It changes with density, anyways. But it's in the ballpark. That's about Mach one, give or take. <laughs> um other witnesses reported seeing huge silent flying wings moving over the city around this time. Now the air force did have some flying wings at the time, for example the Northrop uh, YB49, but they were far from silent. All the witnesses in this event reported that the UFOs were silent and some mm-hmm. of them said it was flying low, some reported seeing an actual craft but, um, you know, the, the YB 49, if that was flying at like 2000 feet, you would hear it, you know, it would be. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and also how many of those do you think were around at the time? Not this many, you know what I mean? For, for an experimental, uh, aircraft like that, do you think they had like, cause some of the reports, like, you know, that they're, they're talking about like, you know, 18, 20, like lights in the sky. Um, some, sometimes a little bit more, but around there. So, how many of these, these experimental, uh, craft do you think were around? If that, w- if it was, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and do you, do you think an experimental craft is, is, uh, gonna have lights on it that will like make itself so obvious? Uh, you know, no, it wouldn't. You yeah. know, in my opinion, no. Why would you? You know, because it's, it's experimental. It's something that you don't want to give, give it away, you know, like the, the presence of necessarily because you're working on it. You're trying to, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a secret, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that, that, and, you know, when
1: it, and experimental craft, they don't just fly them over populated areas. That would be silly. They're trying no. to keep them secret.
0: <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. They, 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 do their experiments in very specific areas. So it, it's out of the, uh, you know, the view of, of, of the public, you know?
1: Yeah. But, all right. So also about uh, why I don't think it was the militaries, because, they knew exactly where they're, you know, not everybody is compartmentalized, obviously, but, um, as it went up the chain of command, they, uh, they, um, what somebody would at some point would have said, oh yeah, that was ours. But as you read through the documents, which are unclassified documents from project blue book. So at the time they were classified um you can see that they were clearly had no they clearly had no idea what these things were nobody's nobody anywhere at least not that i saw said oh yeah that was ours (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. so at some point somebody wouldn't been able to identify it one of the witnesses that we talked about earlier professor drucker said that he saw 12 different instances of the lights between august and november and other witnesses saw as many of, as 10 different instances. So these these things were being seen pretty commonly by quite a lot of people. There were, I mean, all told, there were hundreds of witnesses. Probably everybody in the area saw them at one time or other. You know, kind of like one of those Charlie Red Star kind of deals, you know, where everybody in the area saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, Pro, uh, Project Blue Book, like I said, investigated this. And it's... Uh, they they concluded that the the official conclusion i guess was that the witnesses had seen groups of plovers flying overhead because um so plovers are a bird with like the their bellies are like very very white and reflective and i guess they had and an, also
0: also oily i guess for some reason yeah i, I remember reading that too like they they, they said that like uh, the, one of the reasons why uh, they thought it was the plovers was because it has a oily underbelly and that that is a you know it's it's one of the, it'll reflect light easily I guess yeah. so so yeah they, and also I think uh, I don't know if you were about to mention this or not I'm sorry if I'm stealing your thunder here but no, uh, there was a lot of there was a lot of street lights that had recently been installed in the area and that was one of the explanations is like yeah. all these new street lights that they had installed or are, are you know shining light uh, upwards i guess for some reason even though <laughs> yeah. they are not they're they're pointed towards the ground you know and so so i don't know how that works but at any rate like yeah they they said like the the light was reflecting off of the breasts of these these birds and that was what was causing you know the the you know the the, the formations of, of uh lights or what have you and, like, obviously, you know, and we already alluded to this, you know, because how fast uh, some of these um, formations were moving, especially uh, by the explanation of these uh, professors and stuff that saw it originally, uh, I don't know how it could be birds. Right. You mm. know what I mean? And, like, and how, how bright that they, they described some of these uh, uh, objects as well. They said it was, like, brighter than the stars in the sky, Uh, and and like, I just don't, I, I just don't see it, how that could be a possibility if they're birds. Now, now I'm not willing to say that that it's not possible for light to refract off of a bird in the right situation, what have you, but those birds, if if it was a bird formation, they wouldn't be traveling that high in the sky or that fast, Yeah, you know? So to me, that's, that sounds like a a very bullshit um, explanation, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't accept that in any way, shape or form, to be honest. Well, and the devil is in the details like that. At first when I read about that, oh, I guess that kind of makes sense was my reaction. But then when I thought about it, I had the exact same reaction you did, which was, Wait a,
0: wait a minute! Birds do birds do fly in V formations and stuff, yeah, or U formations, or something, something in between, street lights, whatever you know. But street lights are pointed at the street. They don't install them pointing yeah. it upwards. <laughs> it's like yeah, and also even if they're still pointing at the well, obviously they're pointing at the streets. But th- even in, like if the light was refracting off of like you know like the ground or whatever, it's still how could it be that bright? Yeah, yeah. as what has been described. You know, what I mean,
1: I, I don't, I don't see it. I just don't see it. You know, or
2: or traveling that fast.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, ex- absolutely, yeah. Also, there's a couple of problems with the plover explanation is that, first of all, they have about a one-foot wingspan, apparently. That's what I found online. And that, that's a small bird. That's that's like a little, little bird. Like, that's their wingspan when their wings are open. So these are little tiny guys, you know. There are smaller birds out there, but, you know, these aren't big boys. You, they, they couldn't make something that big in the sky. So plover is just completely right out. It was also proposed that it could have been ducks, Oh yeah, plovers are also right out because they don't fly in groups of thirty. They fly in groups of like three or five or something. Never more. Oh than really? One. Okay. Yeah. So they're right out. Uh, ducks are, you know, they they went okay. Well, plovers are stupid, so maybe it could be ducks. Like, you know, and it's just. Uh, have you ever seen birds flying overhead, like a formation of birds? You can sure. like. I've- they don't just travel in a straight line like an airplane. They wiggle up and down a little bit because they're like moving their wings around and stuff, right? Like it's this. This is not at all what the witnesses described. You and, know, and
2: they're usually not in perfect formation. You got that one straggler, yeah. that one dumbass who's flying in the middle.
1: Yeah, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, and
0: also you look at the picture. The pictures that Carl Hart took. And that's not what I'm seeing in those pictures, yeah. you know what I mean that those that i mean you don't see stragglers if it was light refracting off of the bottom of a bird you you would expect to see those stragglers or those you know the unperfect formation you know what i mean mm-hmm. but what i what I see is a, a very um, uniform formation in those pictures, you know, so yeah. like yeah i yeah that that explanation to me like i said is is uh yeah, complete or
1: bullshit in my yeah. opinion <laughs> well and in order for the birds to fly this quickly, they'd have to be very, very close to the ground. And if they were that close yeah. to the ground, you would be able to easily tell that they were birds. Um Plus, yeah, there was that very inconvenient witness who saw them flying above the clouds, which were at 2,000 feet. So we know that it's, it's just, I mean, we can pretty much cross birds off the list, I think, for this one anyways. Yeah. You know? Um, J.C. J. Cross, the head of Texas Tech's biology department and a game warden, said that the birds could not be the solution. Uh, Member our witness, Meade, he said, These objects were too large for any bird. I've had enough experience hunting, and I don't know of any bird that could go this fast we would not be able to hear. To have gone as fast as this to be birds, they would have to have been exceedingly low to disappear quite so quickly. So, you know, even the witnesses came out after that, after the bird explanation was proposed, some of the witnesses came out and even like this, this warden guy come, came out and they're like, nah, dude, this is ridiculous. So I just, I wanted to throw that quote in there because, you know, it's not just us speculating. Some of the witnesses who saw this stuff definitively said, no, it was not birds. Now the chief photographer for the Lubbock avalanche, William Hams that's, that's, a, that's a great name, by the way. I love that name. Mm. Bill Hams. <laughs> Sounds like something out of a movie. Right, what right, kind so, of movie? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, he actually experimented with this idea and he took nighttime photographs of birds flying over the streetlights and he was not able to replicate Hart's photos because, you know, duh. <laughs> but, but he went out and tried it. He said, okay, well, maybe. Let's see if we can make this look like that and um the i mean they just they weren't the birds were not that bright in the in the pictures they were not that bright at all because you know the lights are pointed down because and they're birds they're birds yeah (laughs) (laughs) birds are not self-luminous um yeah so here's a quote from uh book that agent ether was referring to earlier They were not birds, refracted light, or spaceships. They were positively identified as a very commonplace and easily explainable natural phenomenon. It is very unfortunate that I can't divulge exactly the way (laughs) the answer was found, because it is an interesting story. I promised the man complete anonymity— but he fully convinced me that he had the answer, and after having heard hundreds of explanations of UFOs, I don't convince easily. <laughs> it's like, all right, well, hey, I got the answer. I can't hmm. tell you what it is, but trust me, it's a good one. You know, like, okay, sure, yeah. buddy, sure. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I might smell a. What does he say it? Whatever. Smell a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's trite, one of those things you know. where it's like. That's,
0: yeah, oh, I, I think I smell shite. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this definitely definitely shite. Yeah, now, that's yeah. one of those things, like, if if I had been, uh, if I have received that answer, I'd be like, okay, buddy, fuck you too.
1: Right, yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know? Saying nothing would be better than saying that. It's like, dude, you don't have to lie. Just say you can't tell me. I'll, I'll believe you if you say you can't tell me, you know? Yeah. None of this, none of this nonsense. All right, so I posted the pictures. Let's talk about the photos in a little bit more detail. I posted those under the live I, live show chat. No, no, under episode discussion. I think. Let's see. Make sure. Okay. Let me double check that. See on Discord under episode discussion. I posted. This is from Project Blue Book. Although I I didn't get it from Fold Three. I got it from a different website. But there, these are numbered ABCD, or I mean, lettered ABCD. <laughs> but um. <laughs> But uh, there's actually a fifth photo, but the fifth photo isn't that good. It's not that useful. It's it's kind of messy looking. It's very, very streaked. It looks like he was, uh, his, his hands were shaking or something when he took it. So the first photo labeled photo A, you can see it looks like the lines are blurred as if the phot- photographer was um moving the camera or maybe the action of pushing the button on the camera or something but it's um it, the lines are like kind of streaked a little bit and you can see mm-hmm. to the top right of the photograph there's another line or streak that has an they put an arrow next to it when they're probably when they're analyzing it or something but another thing that is actually very useful for this photograph is if you look at the photograph all the photographs there are a bunch of dots And you're like, okay, are those dots stars? It's kind of hard to tell. But if you look at this photograph number A, none of the dots, or at least most of the dots, are not streaked. A couple of the dots are streaked, but a lot of them are not. And that tells you that those dots are probably some sort of um, damage to the film negative or some sort of scratching or something that happened during handling the photographs. And they're not actually... You know, stars or something in the picture. So that's pretty useful. The second photograph. Now, this is this is the good one right here. This is the one. If you Google it, this is the one you'll see. It looks like it's the same object as in um, as in photograph A, but instead of being streaked, it's actually still. Now you have that same what looks like an orb to the top right, and then you have this this V formation. And if you look very very carefully. It looks like you can actually see the outline of a craft. What do you guys think?
2: I did not see the outline of a craft. I looked. I wanted to, but I just saw. It.
0: <laughs> you don't see. Yeah, it? I, I'm, I I agree with Ether there. I mean, like uh, I I see what you're talking about, but I, I, there's just not quite enough definition. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. For me to
1: have have one opinion
0: either way. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. If, if you change the contrast, if like you mess with the, the brightness and then contrast and that kind of stuff, it comes out a little bit more. Um, I saw, I saw a forum post where people were modifying that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe it's not, maybe it's just an artifact of the picture or something. But, um, I mean, to me, it kind of looks like there's like, there's something there. I don't know. But, uh. Oh, there's
0: definitely something there. Oh
1: yeah. Something there. But I I mean, like, it looks like you can see a solid craft there is what I meant.
0: And some. Some people claim that that's like the mothership, you know. That's like the controlling ship that's uh, guiding guiding this formation. I heard could be. I don't know how true. Yeah, I don't know how true that is, but you know, kind of a cool theory.
1: And then, okay, then we have we have two more pictures. We have uh, number (laughs) number letter C, which is um, unlike the other ones. Instead of like a double row, you just have a single row of lights. And this one is a little streaked again, and you also have to the top right you have that extra little orb up there and then you have one to the left as well and then you have finally photograph d you have another v formation with double row of lights and you have an orb again to the top right of it although this one's a little closer to the formation and a little farther off to the right of the formation so those are the four four pictures and I think they're really, really compelling photographs. Of course, in and of themselves, they don't really prove a whole lot because they don't show that much details, but they do show what the witnesses, you know, this, I think this is an actual photograph of whatever it was that people were seeing, you know? Yeah.
0: Know. Yeah. There, there has been a few people that have done, you know, pretty in-depth analysis of, of these photographs and Never has it been disproven. Um, it, it seems like they're genuine photographs of what I don't exactly know. I lean towards it being most likely some kind of UFO activity. But that's my own, you know, opinion. You know. Yeah. But uh, I just don't. I don't. I don't know what other explanation I could come up with for this. You know, if these are real photographs and real photographs of something that he was seeing in the in, in the sky, and he took a photo of it. I don't know what the hell else it could be because like whatever technology, at least that we know of, you know, that like our government had, had at the time of what have you um, or, or, you know, it's not stars because stars are, are, you know, when you look up in the sky and you see like formations of stars, like they're more random, than way more random than this, you know, they don't come in groupings like this. You know what I mean? Like it's, like obviously, like, it's like like we talked about before, it's not birds. That I I completely you know uh, do not accept that explanation. No, but I I just I just don't know what the hell it could be. Now I know that some people will argue that like you know like I said before, oh it was uh, government technology, right? Because like a lot of times you'll hear people say that there's this opinion that like like that the highest level of technology that the government has is on average like 50 to 100 years advanced like uh, from what we actually like know, anything we know about, right? I don't know about that. I don't know yeah. if that's
1: true. No, that's definitely not but, true. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. I, I don't know
0: I don't know about that, but I've heard that theory on, on a lot of these like type of stories, you know what I mean? I mean,
1: if that was true, you would be see, see it being used in warfare occasionally. Exactly. You know? And you yeah, don't. And, and why wouldn't they, right? Yeah. I mean, if you think yeah, about well, it, like think about the Gulf War, which was you know, in the nineties, which was heavily televised, heavily televised. Like you got these idiot reporters going over there to a war zone. You know, It's like, uh, what are you doing over there? But, we'll you know, at, I appreciate yeah. them putting themselves in danger, but it's like, Hey, you got a family at home, man. What are you doing? Like, that's crazy. What's, what's wrong with you guys? Maybe yeah. It's the story isn't
0: up. that, the story isn't that important. You know, you know I think we, could, I think we can had, figure out what's
1: happening. You'd have them like showing footage that. of, You know, like when the stealth fighters or stealth bombers would go overhead and then like they, I guess they would blow up the radars ahead of time and they would start dropping the bombs or whatever. Like they would know that the planes were up there somewhere and they would light up the whole sky with anti-aircraft cannons basically. But they couldn't track them. They didn't know where they were. It was just, they were just shooting randomly. That's all they could do to defend themselves. So Mm -hmm. that, I mean, but that's the technology we had then. That was not a hundred years ahead of, you know, what we had oh no you know, like we're not 100 years in advance of that and what we have now is like probably way way better ass than than a stealth bomber you know probably i would hope not, so i'm guessing but i mean it, i i guess if you're to say what available to what the public knows or something maybe 10 years or 20 years maybe i don't know but definitely not yeah like that, that sounds 100 that
0: sounds a lot more a lot more
1: reasonable to me yeah, yeah. And they, they usually, for whatever reason, they usually be like, okay, this is our secret stuff from like 10, 20 years ago. <laughs> ha, ha They're probably just doing that. Yeah. Cause if we do that, it psychs out the Russians or the Chinese or whoever. Cause they're like, oh shit, that's their old stuff. We got to get on it. Yeah. You know?
0: <laughs> well, and like, like I had said before too, in 1951, like, 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 yeah, we had like a V wing experimental uh, aircraft, but how many of them were around? Not this many. And uh, you you can see in these pictures how many lights you're you're looking at, and and I guarantee you, like like the uh, I, whatever V-shaped uh, craft we had, the, we didn't have this many, you know, like not all yeah. the, not all at the same time for sure. You know, there was no reason to to create that many V-shaped for uh, format um, uh, aircraft if it's experimental because you're you're only dealing with a couple craft because it, it's experimental yeah there's no reason to to create this many because it ha, it's not a proven you know craft yet you know like yeah, yeah. Th- there's
1: no reason why you'd you'd create well, that many you and know so some of the witnesses reported seeing um these crafts going from horizon to horizon in one or two seconds and then they would see yeah. another one in like a two or three second intervals like they'd see like two or three one after another, and it's just i know, i guess if they had like two or three top-secret planes, it just doesn't make sense for it to be a top-secret plane. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, man, these descriptions just kind of, man, they just think about that for a second. Like, if you can imagine, you're sitting there at night, maybe chilling on the patio, having a barbecue with your friends or whatever, and you Smoking see- a stogie. You see this group of lights go horizon to horizon in just a few seconds, <laughs> and then a few, a few seconds pass, and then it happens again, you know? That's crazy yeah. man that's just I just trying to imagine it it's just it's unreal.
0: Yeah hell yeah. I mean don't get me, don't get me wrong I would love to have that experience. I would love to see something like that but if I did yeah there's 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 no way I would think it was uh, birds. Yeah. <laughs> for for example. I mean like like we had had said already like that the 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 speed in which they were moving and also like like this is one of those stories like we had talked about before there's so many people that saw it and and basically described the same thing there's a, a, a couple little small differences that people had described but it's pretty much the same thing that everybody described and there's a lot of them so like to me like 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 I said i, I sometimes I, I I try to be a skeptic you know what I mean but like with something like this it's just like I don't know what the hell else it could be i I just don't know you know what what, what if it's not UFOs, I don't know. I don't know what you know.
1: Yeah. All right. So I think Agent Ether wants to talk a little bit about a Life magazine article. Is no. this true? It's but true. before we do that, oh dear, it's time for more advertising. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh boy! Are you going to advertise that new watch you got?
1: No, oh, I'll, but- I'll do that at the end of the show. <laughs> 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 it's, pretty, it's awesome. Well, I can, I can, it's awesome. You can write. I can tell you. Come on. Uh, I, I <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I'll do that at the end of the show. All but right, all right. Right now I'm advertising. I,
2: I, I, re- I didn't know you were I serious.
0: Recently, uh, no, Team I Republic, by the way, uh, I just got my uh, couple of shirts in the mail and uh, some stickers and stuff, and, and I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, you know? it's
1: badass. All right. Do you have some cryptocurrency that is looking for a good home that's not your? Very, very vulnerable computer. Well, you're in luck because we have Ledger Wallets, a good hardware solution for all of your cryptocurrency needs. Well, maybe not all. There's some altcoins they don't support. But they support more coins than ever before. That's right, the Ledger Wallet. Check out the link in the description. All right, now back to the show. (laughs) I like to keep those short and sweet. Oh, shit, it's Agent Kruger. Wow. Hey, Agent Kruger. All right, we're going to have to, let's get him up and recording. Looks like he finally made it. We're just waiting for Ether to get back. She's going to talk about the Life Magazine article. Now, Life Magazine was a pretty big deal back in the day. I think it's pretty safe to say that, oh, yeah. You know, probably everybody read it. I don't know about everybody, everybody, but a ton of people read this thing. So, what do you got for us, Agent Ether?
2: Uh, okay, let me get comfortable here.
1: <laughs> okay, got your fuzzy blanket.
2: <laughs> From my return, I'm, I'm kind of chilly. Yeah. So, Life magazine had a special article, and I think it was the same uh, same edition they released that had like Marilyn Monroe on the cover, but she was on the cover more than once.
1: Yeah, she was a oh big boy. Thing. Yeah,
2: she's so pretty with her hair. <laughs> I love her hair. Okay, so they did the special articles Have We Visitors from Space? Love the title.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and it featured several incidents, each with a description. Followed by an evaluation. Okay. And the lights, the Lockburn lights were Lubbock lights. Lubbock lights. <laughs> Thinking of the Lockburn Air Force Lockbourne Base. Lockburn Air Force. Yeah. yeah, the Lubbock lights were uh, one of those incidents. So that starts off uh, that saying that last week the U.S. Air Force made known to Life Magazine the following facts. Now this would be in 1952 that this article came out. They said, uh, as a result of continuing flying saucer reports, the Air Force maintains constant intelligence investigation and study of unidentified aerial objects. So basically, they're saying the Air Force let them know that they're actively monitoring for this type of phenomena. It said that they had a policy to find out what is responsible for observations that have been made. And so, military aircraft are supposed to come in when they're alerted and attempt to intercept whatever it is that they're looking for. And they're going to be using radar and photographic equipment to actually obtain factual data. In Mm. addition, they're going to try and recover any remains of identified objects. Hmm. So, I thought this Mm. was kind of Mm. interesting. Remains? Because ugh, I wasn't aware that the Air Force released this kind of information to Life magazine. Like, they went and interviewed the Air Force? Like, how did that work? They released this statement, but just to Life magazine?
1: Yeah, that's kind of weird. That no, was kind of weird. And it's, yeah, it's it also is. strange because... They're, on one hand, they're saying, ah, it's nothing, don't worry about it. But then they release statements like this that kind of make you wonder, like, what did, did whoever released that statement, did they not get the memo that <laughs> that it's all just swamp gas and weather balloons? They don't, they didn't get that memo, <laughs> you know? Well, to me, it's,
0: it's kind of like, what mind games are they are they trying to play? You yeah. Then I
2: mean? it goes on to say that there's trained uh, personnel, scientists, private and commercial pilots, et cetera who, you know, work in the sky, and they're urged to make immediate reports to the Air Technical Intelligence Center at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base of any unidentified aerial objects they cite. So they're giving specific instructions in Life magazine for people who are... In some way related, it says, to the sky, concerns of the sky, to report directly huh. to the aerotechnical Technical Intelligence Center, to yeah. one specific place.
1: Yeah, that's where Project Blue Book was out of. Right. Um, right, patterson I think. But yeah, and at the time, I think there was a large concern about foreign adversaries. And I think that was probably the biggest concern, uh, more so than space aliens. And that's probably why they asked for those reports, you know, in, in mm-hmm. my opinion, because they... They can't watch everything all the time, so if they have all these people who are reporting strange things, you know, just think about how quickly technology was advancing at this time. So they were probably afraid that you know maybe the Russians got their hands on some of the Nazi scientists who were able to develop something that we couldn't, you know, like nucle- nuclear nuclear yeah. powered craft, for example.
2: Then they go on to invite the public to also go ahead and report their sightings. They say that each. Sighting will get expert consideration and will be thoroughly investigated. But they also say the identity of people making those reports will be kept in confidence and no one will be ridiculed for making one.
1: <laughs> Unless they actually send somebody to investigate, in which pl- in which case the investigator will not actually investigate the sighting, but will just do character references and try to make you look like a fool. <laughs>
2: I still thought it was interesting yeah. that... The Air Force is through Life Magazine encouraging people yeah. to go ahead and report, and they know it's going to be a problem because people are being ridiculed, and so they're trying to circumnavigate it in some ways. Yeah. Because say, do come yeah. out of the woodwork. Do let us know what's going on.
1: That is weird. I, I don't recall ever seeing a statement quite like that before from the military.
2: Yeah. And finally, there's yeah. no reason as yet to believe that any of the aerial phenomena commonly described as flying saucers are caused by a foreign power or constitute a clear and present danger to the United States or its citizens. So, that's the last statement from the U.S. Air Force to Life magazine.
0: That's okay. Cool. Nice. Yeah.
2: So that, that was well, kind of interesting. It's...
0: It's interesting that you, you uh, mentioned ridicule, ridicule, whatever. I'm, I'm you know, whatever. But Carl uh, uh, Hart um, had actually, uh, after he had taken those photos and then released it to the uh, the the, L- the L- L- Avalanche Journal, um, supposedly he, he had, or supposedly whatever. Uh, sorry for that. He he had been uh, grilled by a, a couple different uh, government individuals and, and people by the Air Force as well. After he had uh, taken those photos and they're, they're basically like, like I I saw an interview, um, that was, uh, made later on in his life. I don't know what age he was. I think it was in 1991 or something like that, or something like that as, as one of those interviews I watched, uh, you know, while, while researching this, you know, uh, so, but he said, like, they, they grilled him pretty hard. And, like, like he said it was a very uncomfortable situation, basically, because all he had done was taking some photos. That's it. That's it, you know? But then he got grilled, like, like like I don't know exactly in what way, because he didn't really describe it in that detail. But it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of weird. that Like, the guy only took some photos. And then, you know, he got scrutinized by a lot of people. And he even, like, uh, mentioned that, like, a lot of people that he – had come into contact, like, just in, like, you know, regular, like, you know, in, in the public and stuff, had basically either, like, treated him like he was a kook, or crazy, or something like that, or, or treated him like, like, uh, these photos were, you know, made up, basically, you know what I mean? Like, it, was a, it was a hoax. And he, he basically, I mean, he just had the the opinion that, like, or the, you know, the, the outlook that, like, uh, he was like, well, I, I, I took the photos, I don't know exactly what it I took the photos of I believe that they're aliens, you know is, is what uh, I got from uh, that interview. But like uh he definitely he definitely had some um you know he, he he was uh not appreciative of the the response that he had been given, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you okay, Agent
1: Ether? Do you have? I see you have more papers over there. I
2: do. I do have more. All right. I have more. It's Let's not just it. that. So, the article is actually uh, an investigation by Life mm-hmm. magazine itself. So, they look at 10 cases, and three of them were actually cases that they discovered themselves that hadn't been reported on before in the course of their investigation. Really? Yeah. Now, I'm gonna, not going to go into detail because they're pretty much basic sightings. Um, but they start with the Kenneth Arnold sighting, mm-hmm. the big one, yeah. is where they start. And they go over the incident in, you know, some detail, a couple paragraphs, give their conclusion, et cetera. And then they have, uh, of course, the Lubbock lights as one of their incidences. And they describe the professors in the back of their home, uh, looking up into the sky, seeing these shapes... And then a few moments later, seeing another one of these shapes, and there, oh, they present the photographs in Life magazine with different captions. Uh,
1: let's see. Was one of the captions not a UFO?
2: No, no. <laughs> the caption was something like, "Like one of them was the Lubbock lights flying in formation are considered by the Air Force the most unexplainable phenomena yet observed." These photographs were made at Lubbock, Texas on August 30th, 1951 by Carl Hart Jr. Scientists say the lights were not natural objects and they traveled too fast and too soundlessly for known machines. And then it says depicts three photos of symmetrical boomerang shaped double row of
1: lights. Yep. That's what it that's what's uh, in the pictures. Yeah.
2: And then it has a, a third picture as well. Carl Hart, the 18-year-old student, photographed the Lubbock Lights with a Kodak 35. And then they go ahead and evaluate. They give this one-paragraph explanation. And they say the observations surrounding that incident were too numerous and too similar to one another to be doubted. And the Air Force found nothing fraudulent about Hart's pictures. The Life magazine concludes they're much too bright to be reflections and the original professors could form no precise estimate of their speed. But if the lights were traveling at an altitude of 5,000 feet, they must've been traveling at 1800 miles per hour. This is the estimate from life magazine. The professors (laughs) along with other scientists agreed that in order to explain the silence of the objects, it must be assumed that they were 50,000 feet of the air, in which case they were not going 1,800, but 18,000 miles per hour. So, I don't know about that deductive reasoning there, but.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, if they were at, at 50,000 feet, they must have been, each each light would have been the size of a football field or something like that. They would have been. Right. In order to be the size of like a dinner plate, as one witness described them.
2: I think that's just it's, a little bit huge. of sensationalization right
1: yeah. there. Yeah. You know, got to get them clicks.
2: Yeah. But what I found interesting was that, kind of like a letter to the editor, sort of thing, uh, when this article was published, they had people write in about it. And one of the letters they received was, in fact, from Robinson, Oberg, Ducker, and George uh-huh. of Lubbock, Texas. And they say that, obser- as observers of the lights, we wanted to point out that the photographs are different. From the objects we saw. Interesting. Yeah, they say it's not the same objects. They say all but three of the groups we cited had no geometric form. Those three were smooth arcs, not V shaped like in the photographs. Hmm. Those three could not be conclusively determined to be composed of individual lights, but certainly they were not made up of two distinct rows of alternately spaced lights. None of our sightings was bright enough, nor in view long enough, to be photographed. Interesting. Even if the lights we saw had been particularly rich in non-visible ultraviolet light, they could not have been photographed without special equipment. Hmm. Finally, they say, all of our sightings were close to the same speed of 30 degrees per second, at which speed it would be impossible to follow them with the camera accurately enough to obtain an unblurred image wow so they're coming forward Hmm. and i don't think they're saying the photographs are necessarily fake i think they're saying this isn't what we saw
1: interesting and that yeah if they were moving that fast it would be difficult to get um they i think i found somewhere i forget where the the actual shutter speed that he used to take those photos i don't remember what that is and i don't know what any of that stuff is anyway so it wouldn't mean anything anything to me but yeah well you can you can use information like the shutter speed to you know get certain data about the photograph but that's, that's a little bit above my pay grade.
2: yeah so I thought that was that was interesting and yeah I loved, that's really cool. I loved reading the original life article, which I found online and I also found a lot of newspaper clippings as well that basically describe the incidents, as Agent Anderson was telling us about, so it would be redundant to go over them. But, you know, everything that he's saying is is backed up, in fact, by different clippings, by Project Blue Book, by classified and the documents that have since become unclassified, and, of course, by the photographs themselves. There's a lot of evidence that something definitely happened around this time.
1: Yeah, it was definitely something. Something. So, <laughs> speaking of something, is that all you had for the Life Magazine article, Agent Mm -hmm. Ether? Yeah. Okay, cool. I actually went through the Blue Book files looking for other sightings that were similar because quite often when you have, you know, a sighting like this, you might see a very similar sighting in, let's say, California or something. And uh, that's, I mean, if there's like a flap of sightings, a UFO flap, then it's pretty typical to see that, you know, all over the country, even the world, you'll see sightings that are similar. So in the files, there was a whole bunch of sightings of like oval shaped crafts, like saucer shaped crafts and stuff. But um, we'll skip over those. I'll go over a couple of, see what time is it? Oh, right about an hour. Okay. So I'll go over a couple of these sightings. Now, first of all, one of them that I've seen mentioned, along with the Lubbock lights was something in um, in Matador, Texas, on the 31st of August. Now, even though the object didn't look like uh, like what we are describing in the Lubbock lights, it was you know, a similar area, similar time. so maybe some people think it's somehow associated. So here's what a witness said about or the here I think this is actually the summary. Object like a yellow pear shaped tomato, aluminum or silver in color that reflected the sunlight readily had a door window or something similar located uh, where the object began to taper toward the smaller end moved throughout the air with small end forward no noise exhaust or wind of visible means or visible means of propulsion were observed object estimated 40 feet long and 16 feet in diameter Object was drifting slowly in easterly direction about 150 feet above the ground. It began rapid ascent and moved away to the east in a circular direction in a matter of seconds. But maybe it is related. If this big giant boomerang thing is the mothership, then maybe it's sending out probes. Who knows? And if you remember, if you look at the photographs, the there's like that boomerang shape, but there is like a an orb off to the side in all of the pictures. So who knows? Could be something, could be anything, but that's still kind Mm -hmm. of an interesting case. And that file is many pages. It's just, I I don't, didn't want to go into all of it right now because it's just too much for one episode, I guess. So there's another sighting on the August, August 25th, um, Albuquerque, New Mexico. And this one is marked unknown, unidentified at 2158 a Sandia base security guard and his wife saw a flying wing type aircraft similar to a B-49 pass over the backyard of their trailer home. He he described the wingspan as being 1.5 times a B-36, which he was familiar with. And a B-36 is the largest wingspan of any combat aircraft ever built, about 230 foot wingspan. So if it was one and a half times that, then it would be 345 feet across, which is more than a football field. Football field's like 300 feet, right? So that's... It's it's huge. That's, yeah, that's huge. (laughs) And he estimated the altitude of being 800 to 1,000 feet. And for, you know, for an airplane, that's pretty dang low, Remember like if you're in a jumbo jet cruising from, you know, somewhere to somewhere, you're going to be flying like 30 to 50,000 feet, 50,000 feet. So if you see an airplane at a hundred feet or a thousand feet, I mean, that's like really, really really low. low. Yeah. Doesn't make no sense. Yep. No, no sound at all from the object. And it was twilight, so it was kind of dark out, so he couldn't tell the color of the craft, but he did see dark cordwise stripes on the underside of the wings, so going like sort of front to back. And he saw six to eight pairs of soft glowing lights on the trailing edge of the wing. He estimated the speed to be three to four hundred miles an hour. And here's a quote The possibility of this being a known aircraft was checked with negative results. The aircraft, um, and or, well, the AC and W radar station, I'm guessing W stands for weather, uh, at Kirtland Air Force Base did not observe any unusual or unidentified aircraft. And that's a quote from the file, not from the witness. Um, and th- so that this is an unclassified document. So when that was written, that was considered like secret and it wasn't for public viewing or public knowledge. So they checked, and it was not something of ours. You know, it was not our aircraft. we don't know what it was. The witness was shown the photographs of the Lubbock lights and said it looked similar. Um, now, a communication in the a, a communication like a like a memo in the file is marked as secret, whereas the other parts of the file are generally marked as restricted, which is a lower level than secret. Um, and on that file, you see it's stamped like priority. It has lots of stuff underlined and looking at that, it looks like they were very, very concerned about this incident. Um, and with some of the, like, for example, the description, six to eight brilliant mercury white lights on the trailing edge wings, that sounds a lot like what was described, you know, in the Lubbock lights. So that one I thought was very striking. And very similar to what we saw. I would like to go over this file in more detail at some point because it's a, it's kind of a long one and there's a lot of interesting stuff, but that's just a real short summary. And it sounds an awful lot like the Lubbock lights, I think. Um, and there's some other ones, like on the 26th of August, Larson Air Force Base in Washington tracked the radar tracked an object going 950 miles an hour for six minutes at 13,000 feet. Uh, there was one in, um, Claremont, California, where six bright orange lights on September 6 in an incomplete circle, and uh, two objects in the towards the center of the formation, flying at 10 to 12,000 feet, and one object following on the same course as the first objects. So that one sounds sort of similar. Um, and uh, there's another one in on September 6 in Hollywood, California, marked other. <laughs> other psychological <laughs> um meaning the they think the witness is crazy but this one is the a glowing deep red objects appeared headed towards moon one object had a flash of brilliant white light other object was behind moon ship was 3x as long as moon's diameter disappeared by going up it's like all right i don't think that's related but it was really weird so i wanted to mention it <laughs> um So here's one from uh, 16th of September, Marion, Ohio, marked as possibly aircraft. It was an object with a high tail, 45-degree swept-back wing, long pointed nose, and painted black, coming towards pilot at a 50-degree reciprocal heading, barely escaped colliding with object, pilot at 2,800 feet altitude, heading 230 degrees. So that one is probably not related, but it does have swept-back wings. There's something of a similarity there who knows but i just kind of took you know um notation of it um let's see so there's one more description i'll go over and this is i'm quoting the file here on september 10th uh an mp1 radar set picked up a fast moving low flying target at approximately 1110 southeast of fort monmouth at a range of 12000 yards the target appeared to be approximately The target appeared to approximately follow the coastline, changing its range only slightly, but changing its azimuth rapidly. The radar set was switched to full aided azimuth tracking, which is normally fast enough to track jet aircraft, but in this case was too slow to be resorted to. The target was lost in the northeast at a range of about 14,000 yards. This target also presented an unusually strong return for an aircraft being comparable on strength, to that usually received from a coastal ship. The operator initially identified the target as a ship and then realized that it could not be a ship after he observed its extreme speed. And that's, that's just a radar reciting, a radar sighting from an 87 page report on uh, Fort Monmouth sightings. And this one is just like, well, this, this was not a visual sighting. It was radar only, but they, this thing was moving so fast that they couldn't even track its speed on the radar. It was like in and out pretty much. It was, just, they, yeah, they couldn't even track it. And the blip or the return was the size of like a ship, you know, like a, like a aircraft carrier or something. Like we're talking about huge, we're talking about a big boy. So that's another case I'd like to go over in more detail at some point, but obviously not enough time tonight. But yeah, in general, so for a lot of the other stuff in the report for Lubbock, for the Lubbock Lights, which by the way is, if, you, if you're if you looking for this on Fold 3, it's actually in underneath of a, like a different file. <laughs> it's, um, if the file for Lubbock Lights is found under a sighting from Orange, Virginia. And uh, I'll, I'm going to, I want to do a bonus episode and go over some of that stuff. Um, I might even have to do a two parter because there's just so much in the file. It's over 100 pages. But uh, yeah, so that's, more or less all I had this time for the Lubbock Lights. Um, any any final or other thoughts, other agents?
2: Let me view my notes.
1: Oh, yeah, have more notes?
2: While Kruger is giving us his thoughts.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's absolutely insane. And like some of the reports that we've heard about like these tic-tac uh, objects or what have you that even were followed by pilots, it, to me it seems like if you were able to follow it or track it at all, it must have been because that whatever that object was, whoever was controlling it, whatever it was, uh, they didn't care about you tracking it or they were allowing you to for some reason. <clears throat> Excuse me. For for some reason. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, I, I've heard theories about like those Tic Tacs possibly being like drones that are actually moving in um, an upward, you know, a higher dimension that we, than we exist in. Because, uh, the way that they were moving and, and, you know, like how fast they were going and, and j- just like, you know, what they were doing was, was, uh, so unreasonable as far as like if there was any biological, uh, living entity in that, that they wouldn't be able to deal with the the stresses involved, like what we're talking
1: about, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess that's about it for the Lubbock lights. I, I have no idea what it was, but it was definitely weird, you know?
2: mm-hmm
1: all right well
0: i'll come out i'll come out and say i think it was aliens all right because i i, I don't think we had the technology to produce whatever was seen and uh, i don't think any other country did either you know uh so the way the way it wasn't birds damn it <laughs> it was not yeah. birds or stars or, it, it wasn't it wasn't a weather balloon and nor was it the planet venus you know so well maybe swamp gas.
1: those high altitude swamps (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) okay cool all right well i guess that's about all we got for you this week thanks for listening if you'd like to help us out check out the affiliate link in the description this week we've got casio watches (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw this on Amazon. I didn't know they made these anymore. Um, the you remember those old calculator watches that you know those digital cast? Oh man, I love this thing. Oh, yeah. I didn't
2: even remember them until you showed me. It was like this moment. Yeah. Of nostalgia, I didn't even know was there. I just
1: I just saw it. I can't believe they still make these things. So I bought myself one because you know.
0: <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I thought those watches were so cool. Like, yeah. You're just like, oh, it's technology. Look at it, look at how look at how. How much
1: technology there is in this watch. Well, check it's okay. really not that impressive. Okay, well, yeah, but here, check this out though. I can write boobs on my watch. Can you write boobs on your watch? <laughs> I don't you write think it
2: you on can. my phone. I, there's <laughs> all kinds of things i can do with boobs on my phone
1: <laughs>
2: more than on your more than on your watch
1: well it's a watch not a phone you can't wear your phone on your wrist either. yes
2: you can well, actually
1: not comfortably no
2: they got like the eye watches and stuff
1: yeah, but last time I checked the iWatch actually had to connect to your phone, which you have to carry with you. So it's not like a, a standalone device.
2: It's still pretty cool. It is in fact your phone on your wrist, that's all I'm saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but you know, you're talking about a cell phone. I guess it's a little tiny cell phone. I don't know. I was thinking more of the pocket cell phone. These things a are cute huge. Cute
2: little itty bitty cell phone. I actually, I don't <laughs> I don't have one. I already feel tied up enough with my electronic device. I don't think I need one on my wrist as well.
1: Well if if you look I at agree. if you look at the reviews on Amazon, people will point out that although the technology is old, it's just as good as an iWatch. For example, if you make the watch really tight, you can feel your pulse. <laughs> so <laughs> so it's kind of like having a pulse monitor. <laughs> yeah, the, the reviews are awesome. The, people have like picture reviews where they're spelling words and stuff it's it's fun even if you don't buy it it's still fun you just look at the reviews but yeah it's a super cool watch um you know stylish i'll post a picture <laughs> post a picture on discord in a moment <laughs> i might just have to get one dude yeah, just dude. for nostalgia's sake they're awesome here i'll post i'll post a picture in the um the live show chat right now i took a picture earlier uh let me see let me find it let's see the power uh here we go live show. See. Okay. here we go check this out there it is. <laughs> Check that sucker. Oh, it's so awesome. I love it. So yeah. And the cool thing is, is that it's, um, they're actually, they're not that expensive. They're like 20 bucks. And uh, given the the materials, it's pretty good quality for the price. I'm not sure it's going to last like super long, but if you take care of it, you're not too rough on it. It'll probably last you a good time. Nah, it good it, it time. should. I, I don't see any waterproof. reason why it wouldn't last. Actually, it is waterproof. Yeah. Well, oh, is it water well, resistant or waterproof? Water resistant to a certain depth. I forget what depth that is, but it's it's not nothing. You could take it into the swimming pool, probably no problem. Dude, I'm gonna get one. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. I tell you right now, if it's only like twenty bucks, or whatever. Why the hell yeah.
0: not? Let's. I'm gonna do it. I, now, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, they I, Casio they have watches of different price ranges. Like there's some of their G-Shock series, which are designed to be like super rugged and stuff. And they have, they have pretty advanced features on those like solar powered batteries. And, um, it checks with the satellite (laughs) to calibrate the time a couple times a day and stuff like that. Like they've gotten a lot more sophisticated over the years, but those ones can get pretty expensive. I think the most expensive G-Shocks, like they might have like a, like a compressed carbon case and stuff. They can be upwards of $500, but, um, I mean, those are some really cool watches. I'm more interested in this one, though. <laughs> I, just, I just really love this watch for some reason. I think it's great. But yeah, if I, you guys, if I, you guys want to buy one more, one of the more I, expensive ones? Then, be, by all means, I'm not going to stop you. But. I just,
0: I just noticed that you spell boobs on it, like we're talking. Okay. I, I, I was, I just, I, I looked at the picture. I just was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, and it looks like uh Denny Denny says that uh when he was in school earlier, teachers uh would, would uh make, make them uh take the watches off or what have you for taking tests. Yeah. Which kind of makes sense. Um I mean, because yeah. they wanted like w- w- with a math test or whatever. I remember like when I was in school, like they they would, you know, want you to show the work, you know what I mean? Not yeah. take any uh shortcuts or whatever, you know. And yeah. also they didn't want you to be constantly spilling boobs. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So anyways, check it out links in the description. Your purchase supports the show and doesn't cost you anything extra.
2: Keep it strained
1: <laughs> That was a long advertisement. <laughs> <laughs> a fun one though. Yeah. All right. Oh wait, wait, before we get going, I got to do a shout. I keep forgetting to shout out to the live audience, whoever's whoever's left. All right, we got left oh, yeah. to the live audience. We got Diamond Ozzy, Mima, Bronco Zach, Denny, and, and Dick Cheese McGee. What's up? Hope you're feeling a little better, Diamond. And I'm glad to have all of you here. I really appreciate you guys listening. And uh yeah, thanks. So once again, keep it strange. <laughs> <laughs>